0: we are back. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Cleveland. I am Hollywood Slinky. Joining me, as always, is my stalwart traveling companion, Rob Alderman.
1: Here I is.
0: And our stalwart nagging companion,
1: starting off on the wrong foot. Already. AMC Mike. It's like you have to bring a domestic battle. (laughs) You you, you can't just be like, and my lovely wife.
2: Yeah, no, he's (sighs) never called me his lovely wife. That is never ever
1: happened. <laughs> it's like impossible. Like you had to call her a nag in like the first couple of of seconds. Rob picks a topic, ready? Go. <laughs> Iceman is gay.
2: <laughs> what? No surprise.
1: Listen, here's the thing about this. Today it was announced that it will be announced. Somebody got a hold of the frames. Right. And so now everyone's commenting on it. Um I just recently saw Brian Singer now has Come out about this because he is also gay and is doing the X Men: Age of Apocalypse movie or whatever. Right, right. So he was commenting on on this and he talked about Iceman almost like Iceman was a real person. Somebody said, "What do you think about Iceman being gay?" And he said, "Or coming out as gay." And he said, um, "I think it's very good for Iceman." <laughs> Iceman. And I'm not <laughs> listen. I'm not negating like any sort of homosexual rights issues, I'm not talking about any of that. That This right. is not the place for that. I'm saying we did just talk about the comic book character as so though this thing is good for him personally. Right. Okay? Um, so, Iceman has had a very long history
0: of bungled relationships. Right.
2: That is very true. It is
0: well documented that he bungles relationships. Um, but does that necessarily mean that he has to be gay? I, I don't really think so. Yeah. Um... To me, to me, it sort of feels a little forced. Right, like right, right, right. The premise of this issue is that there is a young version of the team that has come forward in time to the present. So there's a young Iceman and an old Iceman right. together in this comic book, along right. with the rest of the team. And in this issue, uh, Iceman, young Iceman, makes a comment about old, one of the old... Girl characters being hot. Right. And young Jean Grey says, Well, why would you say that? You know, you're gay. And she totally outs him because she's a telepath and can read his mind. And he says something about, You know, well, how can I be gay? Old Iceman isn't gay. And she basically says, Oh, no, yes, he is. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, it just kind of seems like. It's it's weird because it seems like if you're going to try to do something to increase diversity in your subject matter in a positive way, right? right. The way you go about doing it is not to, to show the character as being too cowardly to be himself and
1: face culture, right? To be forced by a colleague like to be, into he's this.
0: Outed by a girl who is reading his mind against his will. Right. Yeah. Like, it, it just seems that all seems weird to me. Right. AMC, Mike.
2: What are you thinking about this? Um. Well, I'm gonna admit I don't read the X Men comics anymore. Like, I, I stopped like in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So, like, I I don't know what the lead up to this beyond what Slinky just said. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and so I don't know if it's completely out of character. You know, I don't know if it's really so left field or not for him to. To you know, right. be gay. You right. know, maybe, maybe, maybe there's things that have happened with this character yep. that have you know it's been there. I mm-hmm. don't know, um, you know. But yeah, Slinky's very right on the whole. You know, him being outed, like he's strong enough to face a society that Wants hates to
0: kill mutants. mutants, right? Right.
2: Yeah, but to be fair, like he's we be- don't we don't know what the other mutants feel on sexuality, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, because it's not outing him to the public, she outed him to the team.
0: But would, I guess my question is, is being gay really so much more embarrassing and horrible than being a mutant?
2: Well, no, but it's a personal thing, I would think.
1: Here's what I find interesting about the entire thing, because I did read so many X-Men comics, and then, um, it's no secret that I was a nerd for the first hundred issues of X-Factor. Right. Right. It was the first run of comics that I ever owned every issue of. Mm-hmm. And he was, of course, integral to that team. At that, at that time, the first hundred issues were the original team. And he had some relationships off and on. They were with females. And while they didn't always end well, they did seem sincere and genuine. Right? It didn't, didn't seem like... The, the problem these things aren't working out is because I'm not attracted to this woman. And I am attracted to Cyclops. Angel or whoever, right? It's Angel. So it's always Angel, right? You're right. So one of the things, what you were saying, like how this feels forced, is like if it feels to me like Marvel has suddenly felt the need to um, find more, like put a, put a homosexual in every team, or put a homosexual in at least in every circle. Of influence, right? Like this has been sort of happening now over a couple of years. Um,
0: well, DC has been much more prominent with it, right? Than D- but that's what I'm saying. Marvel, DC been... did it with uh, with Batgirl, and they did it with. Right, the, uh, they're, but it's they're not doing weird. It now that's what I'm saying is, like,
1: it's not weird for DC though. Like that's been a DC thing. I, I feel like it felt like, and this this also comes with a thing that like I think Brian Michael Bendis in the past has had some really incredible comics. He's he's been masterful with some comics but he can be a bit heavy-handed right and this feels to me like they they said well we need it you know the the films are getting big again and comics are you know daredevil is huge and everything's good we probably better have a pretty main character who's gay and so we made him gay as opposed to it being like like i just don't see the rabbit trail leading there right and i've read a lot
2: right but you haven't read it recently have you I don't know. I'm asking.
1: No, but that's kind of my point. Is like this is a new incarnation, you know. And and and, and I I was thinking about what, what we talked about um, back when we used to be on the radio. Mm-hmm. Remember when that Those hop, were that the kid? Days, I remember days. when. <laughs> um, do you remember that uh, that uh, paranormal? Yeah. Right, and how like there was a big deal. Made because like the older the, the older jock brother or whatever ended up being gay, right? And what was interesting and what I thought was well done about that was he was just gay. He there was no weird freak out moment of like like they portrayed right like what what's going on in society right now is that homosexuals are basically having to fight for this issue that says like this is just who I am. Like, I'm also, like, so many things. Like, I don't necessarily want to be defined by my gayness. Right. And then you have other people on the other side that are just like, no, no, you're a gay. Right. right. You're, you're a okay. gay. Right. Right? And so, like, in culture, if you want to, if you want to, and this is, no matter, listen, there are people who listen to our podcast, believe homosexuality is wrong. There are people in our podcast who believe homosexuality is fine. Like, weird that we're not debating that here. Right. That's not this. But in culture... If what Brian Michael Bendis is trying to do is take the homosexual culture forward in a healthy way, you gotta stop like outing these characters in weird ways, and it just has to be part of the story. Like that's what made Paranorman, remember, like everybody talking about like this oddly enough, this has never been done. Right. Where a character was just gay and nobody See, made a deal of it being how, gay.
0: That's how I feel about it is wouldn't it wouldn't this have been a more powerful story if old Iceman had just begun to struggle with something bothering him for a few issues mm-hmm. and then you know s- uh, some awkward so moments it's really time for me to tell you guys a, this and then yeah like and have him figure out that he right. is and have a couple of you know. people
1: on the team be like man we always know <laughs> right right like like, like yeah. but you know what, and we love you and we love you, and we love you for who you are, and you're still part of this team.
0: Right, but instead, right? it's like, it, to make him out to be, like, weak because of this. Yeah. It just feels, it, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like a, a, a healthy, like, if you're trying to set an example of yeah. diversity,
1: there are healthier examples. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, anyway, speaking of unhealthy and, uh, and weakness, we're going to do a podcast. tonight and uh, we're going to have some previews we're going to have some reviews we're going to have some numbers we're going to talk a little bit about a lot of stuff there's going to be some news I mean there's some things going on is what I'm trying to tell you
0: there's some you know some we're talking some
1: there's some major stuff happening yeah there is some stuff so we'll be right back on lights camera clean
0: so sorry to hear that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Would you say something nice? <sighs> Anything. Try.
1: I'm not necessarily sorry as much as I am slightly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily like I feel like I should apologize to others. More like I just feel internally like a
0: failure. <laughs> like a failure?
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. Perhaps I should hit you.
1: Yeah, I need you to hit me. Hit
0: me with some box office numbers. Number five, The Longest Ride, bringing in $7 million, uh, bringing its two-week total to $23 million. Uh This movie is doing better
1: than it should. Oh, Nicholas Sparks gonna get his.
2: <laughs> Wait, which one is this again? This is this one one our
1: super <laughs> sexual cowboy Oh, movie. Yeah. yeah! Oh! <laughs> It's the one oh my with gosh, Clint. it's number five? It's the one with Clint Eastwood's kid, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: This is uh, this is slowly show her climbing up on a barrel oh, meant to yeah, be a cow no, while he stares at her booty.
2: I am right. disappointed in you movie viewers. The longest ride.
0: It's not just a title. Yeah. It's innuendo. <laughs> it's where? It's
1: like Nicholas Sparks, you know what, you know what's funny is it's almost like this. Nicholas Sparks was like, man, I write all of these like really sweet sad love stories. i just did to do a dirty one. I just need to get my
0: freak on. <laughs> you know, even Anne Rice has done it. They all yep. do it. No, yeah,
2: Anne Rice true. has never stopped doing it. Well, if yeah, you've read true. any of her books, they're all like that.
0: Number four, Home. ten million point $10. six million million, bringing its four-week total to a whopping $142.9 million. Um, this movie also doing better than it should because... I'm sorry, but it just looked bad.
2: Yeah, there's no other kid thing, though.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and they they hang around. They hang around, dude. The kid movies hang around till the next one.
0: (laughs) Number three, Unfriended. Bringing in $15.8 million its first week out. Not a bad, uh, not a terrible debut for... No, and you
1: know what? It's trying to be so culturally relevant and yet a horror movie that I think and here was the most interesting thing did you guys think it was interesting to have a film getting a like a full on for real horror film with a cast that young They're, they they actually look, like, like they look like
2: teenagers yeah. yeah
1: they look young
2: but i mean that's what that's one of the things that makes it appealing to me though is yeah. it looked not real cuz but the one
0: the one thing about this movie that was interesting to me though is that it is So tightly entrenched in current technology that in a year it will not be relevant. That's true. And that will be a a
1: sequeling issue. Yeah, but you know that number two on our list is going to be relevant (sighs) forever. Number two,
0: Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, bringing in $23.7 million dollars.
1: Um, that's a, they're saying that that is actually a pretty decent opening. Now, doesn't Paul Blart have such a, he's got like a soft space in your heart. Oh. The
0: first film is actually really great. I think it's
1: really good. It's It's super fun. It's a cleverly,
0: (laughs) it's a cleverly disguised spoof of Die Hard.
1: Yeah. And,
0: uh, and, and it's great. It's brilliant. And you know, uh, something that a lot of people don't realize about the original Paul Blart, um, the original Paul Blart opened with about $30 million its opening weekend. So, you know, a drop off of about $7 million, that's not terrible for a, a sequel. That's, that's about right. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing about the original is that it was the... It had an incredibly long, <laughs> sustained run at the box office because it had such great word of mouth. And it was actually the highest grossing domestic film uh, for like the first eight months of the year it came out (laughs) until like the hobbit and the right it was i mean it was something the movie movie that bested it was one of those like crazy huge blockbuster movies yeah um so that's interesting the other interesting thing about it is that uh paul blart 2 has a zero percent rotten tomato rating no one's reviewed it no no it's been reviewed It's it's literally people hate it that much. It is. It has gotten a zero percent Rotten Tomato rating. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's the worst I've ever heard of. Yeah, and the um the original film only got like fifteen percent, which shows that you know you can't always trust that. Yeah, um, because I mean you know because it was funny.
1: It was. It really was. So oh, tomatoes, you mislead us. Yeah.
0: So but the number 1 spot no surprise here it's no third surprise. third week out Furious 7 bringing in 29.1 million dollars that's bringing its total gross uh domestically to 294 million dollars wow. uh it broke a billion dollars worldwide yeah. this week. It's time man it's time for you to embrace your inner furious. You know what? we were at uh McKay's the used used bookstore mm-hmm. uh earlier this week and I almost bought on Blu-ray, they had a box set of the first
1: sure. six. Um, I tried. I, I almost That would have been, it. I'm telling you, man, there are a lot more, it's a lot more entertaining than you think. Yeah. You know, it really is. I, you know that, though. Like, we've talked about this. You know deep inside. That's why every time one comes out, you say, it's time for me to go watch these. Right. You know, so like, you wouldn't be saying that if you thought they were crap. You would just be going, that look, is not these true. are crap. That's not true, and I'll tell you why. Because there was a day when I
0: said, alright, AMC Mike, we need to watch the first Twilight
1: film and see just what in the world is going on. He
2: actually did say that. Not awful. me,
1: though. I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen it, so there you go. I guess that's it on these numbers, right? That, that's where we're at? That is it. Well, we'll be back. There, that's where we're at now. Now we're coming back. What are you looking up? You're looking just, up on Rotten Tomatoes. I was, just what?
0: Up, I was pulling up Paul Blart just to make Re- sure. Just, hey, here's, here's what I want. Do me this
1: favor percent. before we go. We, yeah. still have, we still have three minutes that we can go on this segment. All right. So do me a favor. Pull up the reviews because it's got nothing good. And I want to hear just you know the, how the first sentences are always like All right. indicative. Bathed in flop sweat
0: and ber- <laughs> <laughs> Ew! Ew! bathed in flop sweat and bereft of purpose, Paul Blart <laughs> Mall Cop 2 strings together fat-shaming humor um. and Segway sight gags with uniformly
1: unfunny results. Well, let me tell you what. Here's where you get that wrong. I'm fat, and I think fat-shaming jokes are hilarious, and they're even funnier when you put them on a segue. <laughs> so like that that person, yeah, I, that was clearly a, like a super healthy tennis instructor type no, movie review. No, that's
2: not true because you know well, what? Nobody should I, fat shame.
1: He's fat shaming his dang self. Well now here's the, the original, here's what's interesting. Okay, the original film has it's a... It's only th- fat shaming if you feel
0: ashamed. Right. <laughs> the original, the original film had a 33% rotten tomato meter. Okay. But the audience score, because you know the, the way Rotten Tomatoes works is the tomato the tomato score is the critics ratings. Right. And then there's an audience yeah. score, which is for people who visit the site and, yeah. and rate it. It's for people like you or I. Okay. So the critic score was thirty-three percent and the audience score was only forty-three <laughs> percent. Okay. All right.
2: So what's the audience But
0: in the on the new one, mm-hmm. the critic score is lower, it's zero.
1: But the audience score is up to 50%. Huh. Because people who saw the first one already know they like this. Apparently. You know, I'll tell you something. How many years has it been between these? Oh, gosh. I think it's six. Okay. I'm going to say a little something about that one review right there. We've come a long way with buzzwords in six years. (laughs) Fat shaming, bullying... These things, right? Flop and sweat. I'm not saying any of those things are right. I'm not <laughs> who, saying any of those writes, things. Like, here's who, the deal.
2: Who leads off their review with yeah.
1: flop sweat? No, no, well, I'm
2: I am going to from now on. And
1: clearly. <laughs> I all
2: hope of that them, you no matter what it is. I've
0: heard that so does, uh, so is carrot cake now. So yeah. So think oh, about this. Do you know?
1: The flop sweat. <laughs> ah. So you gotta think about this. Like, like, when the first film came out, like, the critics were easier on it because back then, Adam Sandler and Will Ferrell and all those dudes, they are just unapologetically fat. Like, th- that whole movie was fat shaming. Right. Like, that movie was about a fat diehard who rolls around and can't make it through doors or tunnels.
0: Right. And is narcoleptic, or not narcoleptic, uh,
1: with a heart of gold. A fat man he, with a heart of gold. Was he
0: diabetic? Was that yeah.
1: it? Or So, so there's something with his, uh, his he sugars. Had, he had the a sugar sugars? issue that, like, he kept falling so asleep. anyway my point is in six years now we're like wait a minute these people are just people well guess what Paul nobody gave the memo to Paul Blart because he still realizes I'm gonna laugh when he falls off the segue right and I don't care I'll say it out loud I'm a 350 pounder I can see what I want on this issue so there you are
0: and
3: on, on
0: that note
1: <laughs> we are going to be
0: right back you're listening to lights camera Cleveland <laughs>
3: And
1: we're back, you're listening to Lights, Camera, Cleveland, Scratched I'm Rob, with me as always, the Slinky, with him as always, A.M.C. I Mike, So I think it's nagger, I feel my I right.
2: So we're
1: about to do, oh.
0: We don't say the N word on this
1: podcast. We're about to do.
2: (laughs) Hey, (laughs) as a nagger, I can use that word.
1: There you go. That's what I'm saying. That's what I said about me being a fat man. (laughs) (laughs) man. So, for all of you out there, we had an interesting conversation during the break.
2: (laughs) Because we went, hey, let's have a good conversation, not while we're recording.
1: The interesting conversation had to do with AMC Mike saying that she didn't think the fat parts of Paul Bart the first, were funny, right? And so I do feel the need to say to her, like, if you want to throw something out there, now take a moment. Take a moment. Grab the
2: mic. Hey throw now. some jams. Whoa, I am not grabbing myself.
1: So grab the, oh, man, I, uh, didn't gee, yeah, I, I didn't get that joke.
2: I didn't get the joke at all.
1: Ooh. Anyway. All
2: right, what I was trying to say is that I adore Paul, Paul Bart, the first one. I, I really found it funny. I thought it was full, lot, full of a lot of heart and a lot of good stuff. I didn't think that the, the fat jokes were funny. I've never thought fat jokes were funny, though. And I'm not a health nut.
1: You know, no, no, I'm, I don't.
2: I'm overweight. I don't know. No,
0: no, I don't. You You are are not so
2: full of it. You are absolutely lovely. I am a delicate little flower, and
0: I
1: will punch you. You
2: are perfect just the way you are.
1: Listen, dude. I gotta say that's a step up from calling her a nag.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Except for except for you guys can't see the look on his face. He's smirking while he says this, and now huffing. Anyway. I just I don't think that those parts of uh, Paul Blart were funny, to begin with. And, and so saying that you know there because people are more aware that they shouldn't you know body shame people. I, I you know I think that's a good thing. I mean I just you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: My mouth was full of food. Sure. I mean, you got to step in in these situations, Slinky. You can't just <laughs> let there be dead air because I'm fat-shaming myself. What time is it? It's time for the B!
3: <laughs> this
0: is the part of the show where we have scoured the interwebs to uh, figure out all of the biggest news in Hollywood. And that has happened this week. And here we go. Let's do this. Lumiere Wan Kenobi. Ewan McGregor is in negotiations to play Lumiere in Disney's live-action retelling of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, this film is going to star Emma Watson, who was Hermione, and Luke Evans, who is the brother of Captain America. Uh, he's And Ian McKellen is going to be playing Cogsworth. Bill Condon's directing this thing, and um, it's coming out March 17th of 2017.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a semi-big. Yeah news. I like the Cinderella reboot more than you guys did. It's interesting to me that Bill
0: Condon is directing because he has directed a lot of terrible films.
1: Like Candyman 6. Like, you know, like, I mean, it's, not a, it's not a joke. Listen, everybody's got to get a chance. Everyone, ha- everyone has to have a chance to fail on the Disney stage.
2: Oh, I love that movie Candyman. Did you love it? Yeah. I didn't like
1: it that much. I didn't like all the candy shaming jokes. You know, I the felt bees. like I was like, you know what? I hope the culture comes along and puts a stop to the mistreatment of bees and candy. Well, he directed uh Candyman,
0: Farewell to the Flesh Bye-bye. and uh Dream Girls and the Last Two Twilight films. But here's where his I guess his quality I've comes I've seen in. None he of those. is he also directed Gods and Monsters. And the Fifth Estate, which got a lot of press. so he's been very uneven. <laughs> and, and he's the director of Mr. Holmes, the new Sherlock Holmes movie that's coming out. That's got oh the yeah. the it. ooh that yeah. looks good. So it
2: does. All right, so it's a toss up. Yes, it's yeah. a toss up. All
0: right, all right. Next up,
1: <laughs> listen to your friend Billy Zane. <laughs> so Dude, you still got it, man. You just cracked her up so freaking hard just now. Ben It's like you guys are dating again. Make for... <laughs>
2: Did you see this trailer?
1: Holy <laughs> <knows>. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, I saw it, but Ben still well, you should stop recording right now and take her upstairs. Make out with this woman immediately. <laughs> You're hilarious. I I wish... You know what? I wish to God in my heart anything could make me feel that alive. That I could laugh that hard. Listen
2: to him. Say that again. Say it again, Slinky.
1: Listen to your friend, Billy Zane. (laughs) She's dying. Oh, my gosh. I've never... How do we bottle AMC Light's joy? Give it to some orphans or something. Man. Holy (laughs) Moses.
0: Mm. (laughs) She can't breathe, dude. Tuesday uh, Tuesday was an event called CinemaCon, which is basically a convention that all of the movie theater company owners uh, go to to decide what movies they're going to allow to be shown on their movie screens. Yeah. And Ben Stiller was part of Paramount's presentation at CinemaCon on Tuesday. uh, And he did the whole thing... Dressed up and as Derek Zoolander, announcing Zoolander Two,
3: <clears throat>
0: where he said, "It's great to be at Comic Con. <laughs> you, you're all like, you're all like the Justice League with your superpower being exhibiting movies." Stiller also noted, seen
1: "Anything like this in my life." Stiller
0: <laughs> noted that the original Zoolander film grossed forty-six million dollars domestically. <laughs> and a whopping $15 million internationally <laughs> in 2001. And he promised that the sequel, Zoolander 2, would be bigger. He said, quote, Zoolander 2 is going to drop like a giant bomb, only a good bomb, where that explodes with all this money that you can keep. <laughs> he, <clears throat> he, he said that he was... Uh, His cast was being joined by Owen Wilson and Will Ferrell in the sequel, as well as Penelope Cruz, whom he referred to as an Australian actress. (laughs) (laughs) She's weeping. It sounds like like Ben Stiller was in rare form, though. The Zoolander character... You know, let's be honest. I love the first Zoolander film, okay? I think it is one of the funniest movies ever made. Yeah, it's hilarious. But... I would also be the first to admit, because he has done Derek Zoolander in yes. other venues, yeah. and the character mm-hmm. is hit or miss. Yeah. Um, but I tell you, man, it sounds like
1: he was blue-stealing what show. What's great oh. is that, you know, that film did okay, right?
0: Well, I but, mean, it like, did 40, but, $46 million in, on like a, a $15 million budget. I mean, it did well.
1: Right, but what I mean is, like, you know, Fast and Furious just did 29 this weekend. Right. Okay, so, so like, putting this thing in perspective, did okay, where it crushed, and I remember this, I remember when it came out on DVD. Yeah. And people went insane and well, started calling their friends saying, you have to come over, we're going to have a party and watch this. This film is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculously,
3: ridiculously, ridiculously Good looking. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and it's and it, so... It's had a chance to become, like, Blue Steel has become a cultural
2: Absolutely icon. Absolutely, it has.
1: Right. You know, mm-hmm. and so now, I, I think this is one where the sequel will do much better. And hopefully will be better.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. But we'll see. I don't, you know what, if the if the couple little stunts I've seen, you know, them walking the catwalk.
1: Yeah, it's been funny. Right.
2: It has been brilliant. I mean, the thing with, with Zoolander is the first time you watch the movie, it's not that funny.
0: Yeah, it really right.
2: isn't. But like every time you watch it, it gets funnier. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, there is a a <laughs> subtle intelligence to the humor. Yeah, it's, it's not self
1: aware. Right. Right. It's it's self aware, and
0: you don't recognize its self awareness the first time through. Yeah. I think is what it is. Yeah. So, uh, next up, by grab Thars hammer. Paramount Television is shopping a TV spin of the mm-hmm. 1999 comedy Galaxy Quest. Uh, that was a spoof of a sci-fi TV show that starred Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver, um, and uh, yeah. you know the idea was that it was the cast of this like 1970s TV series, like a Star Trek. I mean. Yeah, and they they get kidnapped by aliens so to actually right. fight because real
1: they bad think guys. that they've they're... been watching the t- they've been watching the TV show and have thought it's real and yeah. thought it
2: was like a newscast or yeah. something. Yeah. What well, right. what was the catchphrase for that?
1: By grab thars. No, and... no,
2: no, no, no. Uh, the that they that the cast will oh open.
1: never give up never surrender yeah never give yeah.
2: up never surrender yeah,
1: yeah i mean i loved that movie i still watch that movie pretty frequently it's held up it it's held up because trek Trekky culture has held up you yeah. know like it never gets old because it it's all about cons <clears throat> and people loving old shows
2: you want to know it you, know? you want to know how it could get old though watch Why it don't you tell Ch- change the uh the, the language yeah, I don't know if you know this.
0: <laughs> Folks at home, I don't know if you are aware of this, but if you buy Galaxy Quest on DVD or Blu-ray, Oh, Ray, right, right, right. you can change the language track to the alien yeah. language right, <laughs> from yeah. the movie.
2: And it will, do, for, for two hours, you get... Yeah, for two hours. Cool.
1: Well, I'm not going to do that to myself. I I, just, I thought the first film was delightful.
2: life. Yeah, it was, definitely.
1: Next up,
0: Celebration. This past weekend was Star Wars Celebration in Anaheim, uh, where we got a look, our our first big look uh, at a, a full Force Star Wars Episode Seven Force Awakens trailer. Yes, and we also got the teaser trailer for Star Wars Anthology Rogue One. Yes, and we got uh, a bunch of uh, information on Star Wars Rebels. Yeah, season two. Yes, and a quite impressive look at BB-8. The yes. New the new robot droid who is right adorable from episode seven.
1: he is adorable He's
0: it's so crazy cute. that bb8 is a practical effect
1: no it's fantastic it's pretty It's awesome. fantastic you know this whole week was insane for trailers yeah it was you know this week and last week i guess cuz it kind of started right. thursday or whatever um it is hard to even even express my insane geekery over the Star Wars. Are you styles.
0: having a millennial moment?
1: I, am, <laughs> can, I am, can you dude. not even? I can't even. You know, um, I went right in. I demanded a corner office. Somebody <clears throat> said I couldn't have one. I called my mom. She then called my boss and said I had to have. One. And your boss realized, indeed, you are entitled to that. That's right. It was impressive. Here's the thing: was like they were so <laughs> he just ostracized. Wonderful. <laughs> all of our all of our listeners <laughs> under the age of 25,
2: jerks, never listen to this podcast uh, again. Old, they're so, so old.
1: old. They're so old. If they don't like it, they'll have their moms let us know. You're you so know, old.
0: You that's... remember a time when you could get a job without a degree? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: used
2: MySpace. Yeah,
1: so uh, <laughs> we did use MySpace. We did. We did <laughs> use, <laughs> use MySpace. <laughs> I I thought that the trailer was incredible. I really did. It was cut well. It was edit- just on its own. Like, take away the Star wars of it, right? It was all good. Wars-ness. Yeah. It was really good. Um, the Rogue One was good only in as much as it was ominous. Right.
2: Yeah, it was and pretty, And I know it wasn't but...
1: trying to tell me much. You know, it wasn't... It was basically only saying, just to let you jokers know, we've got some film cut. Right. <laughs> like, it really didn't... It didn't do much. Like, I didn't get chills about it. Like, this is the truth. I watched it, and I knew a little, a tiny bit about what it was about. Right. I watched it. Then I went and looked it up. Then I read what it's really about. Right. Then I went back and watched it, and then I got chills. Right. You know what I mean? Like, because all that radio gibberish in the background doesn't make sense until you realize, like, those are the transmissions of the rebels trying to steal the the Death, the Death Star, Star plans. plans, right? And you, 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 never forget, like them looking at each other and saying, "Good people died to give you this." Bothans. Right. So, like, well, you realize, uh, now, remember? Like, I'm going I'm about to be the Star Wars nerd <coughs> for
0: just a second, if you, if I may. Yeah. Um, many Bothins died to bring us these Death Star plans. Yeah. Is the second Death Star
1: that oh, is from
0: Return of the
3: oh. Jedi? Oh,
0: that so these not, are this is, is, a is different not from, fare of plans that is never said in in A New Hope. It's in Return of the Jedi. It's a very common misconception, though. Really common. That's interesting.
1: Hmm. It's true. Yeah, it is true. Nerd badge. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Hey, I'm just, you know. Well, maybe I have to give up my chills now because maybe they all live. I can even. It is a Disney. It is a Disney film. <laughs> you know, they might just all live and no, ride off into the sunset. No,
0: I do not. They're think... saying it's going to be a pretty violent, like war film, and they've got like. They've brought on the the guy who was the director of photography for Saving Private Ryan, you know. So I mean, yeah. they're they're for real. Yeah. So, uh, and finally, finally, uh, Superman versus Batman versus Superman, and the winner is Star Wars. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now we're gonna uh, for
1: Britton Meath. We're gonna talk about this.
0: Yeah. New the new Batman versus Superman trailer was meant to be premiered on an IMAX screen. But it got leaked, and that forced Warner Brothers to release it online several days before it was supposed to be, which meant that it premiered on the internet's right in the middle of Star Wars celebration, leaving the entirety yeah. of the world not impressed. Ah, uh, yeah, it, it was a horrible
1: victim of of timing. Yeah, it, it it's a horrible victim of a couple things. Yeah, I don't well, think it
0: was just timing. Yeah, no, I I agree, but but first and foremost,
2: as marketers.
0: Yeah, it was it, it yeah. was really victim. So, of...
2: do you think that the leak was done on purpose to sabotage it?
1: No, I, no. leaks are always leaks. They they're just well, no, you know. but
2: I mean, think about it. You know, if you're gonna, do leak I think it that to the both...
1: Bothans went in and yeah. stole it and then released it. I don't know. Look, don't, I'm just saying. I've heard that the Bothans were Marvel fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Britain specifically asked what? Yeah,
2: we we had a question on um. I, on I asked page. on Facebook, and we got some response, a, a question, and the question is: Does Batman versus Superna- S- Superman actually have a plot? Can't they just all get along? <laughs> and am- we actually had uh, people respond to him saying, "That's a really good point and and what a dumb title! Well, that was Bethany. First, Bethany? I'm
0: going to say I'm going to say something that is just. Uh, comic book movie related first okay Mm -hmm. Um, I have for months now and you guys know this you've heard me say this been complaining about the fact that for some reason all of these superman or all of these superhero movies are moving towards making the superheroes fight one another like the new Avengers film is the big thing everyone's the big thing that's being shown is Iron Man versus Hulk you know Civ- i don't think I, that's, I don't think that's the majority of the movie but but that's and and then it's happening again, you know Captain America Civil War is going to be Captain America versus Iron Man um there's you know I, th- I just
2: what's the common de- denominator here Iron Man, I think
0: he's just a jerk maybe so um but I'm just saying though like for me, I don't feel like I need all of our heroes to be battling one another like I like. Mm-hmm. The Avengers all getting along and fighting as a team to stop right. Loki. Like sure. I yeah. like that. I don't need. Th- I don't care. I don't need them to fight one another for it to be cool. Um, and so I feel like this Batman versus Superman film is based on a premise that no one needs. Okay. And, and so would, like I feel like it's fundamentally flawed from the start.
2: I always feel like these comic book movies that have the the heroes fighting each other are just giant what ifs. Right. Like the what if comic. Right, except nobody reads them. Here's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did. Know, okay. Nobody <laughs> now, now, I'm going to put on
1: my nerd badge. Sure. For a moment. Any if if you do a search right now of the top 5 comic books in comic history. There is one comic book that will be on every list.
2: The Killing Joke. <laughs>
1: Watchmen. Well, I, I can name y'all five, right? Okay, but no, just you know, there's don't, there's don't de- listen. Don't derail this. This is there's only two. How about this? There are only two comics that are considered to be the best comic in history. One is the Watchmen, and the other is the Dark Knight Returns. Period. They are landmarks in storytelling. They are landmarks in art. They are they are landmarks in terms of sales. They they reign supreme at the top. And depending on what list you look at, they are one and two. Mm -hmm. respectively yes okay so so and yeah i love the killing joke i've got a first printing but the, the point is okay that when i watch this trailer right and everything that i've heard and the way it looks like every frame to me seems taken from the dark knight returns literally frame by frame yeah the the frame where he's up above and and batman is plugged into the light post Right, like every single frame seems like it's from the Dark Knight. This is what bothered me about the trailer. Okay, is that I, I'm i like you in general. I don't need my superheroes to be fighting each other. This comic did it first. Right, it's why it's Landmark. Right. Batman trying to kill Superman. Right, and they're very complex relationship because they're the antithesis of one another. So it was meant to be different, right? We can't. It can't help like when it's being released in the right. world, right? Um, so it's not Hulk versus but, but Iron could, Man.
0: It's not like could we argue? Could we not note here though that the Superman of Man of Steel is
1: not the this is where I'm going right. This Batman. is where I'm going right. This is where I'm going to go with this. Is that is that my biggest problem with this was? The trailer's bad. Well, yes. Okay? That that particular story doesn't lend itself to film. That particular story is an Eisner award-winning comic because it lends itself to comic. Right. Right? Um, I didn't hate Man of Steel at all, actually. I don't think it's Star Wars. You know? I don't think a lot of things are Star Wars. But this particular thing is that like I don't have a problem with our superheroes fighting in this context if that's the story they're telling. It also happens to be one of the most revered stories. Sure. In comic But they history. aren't but they aren't adapting Dark Knight Returns. I mean that's they're what not, was so confusing they're not by seeing a frame for frame right.
0: trailer. They're making no secret of the fact that they are being inspired by it. Yeah. But they're not actually So I feel like, you know, Man of Steel I I feel, was a failure. Yeah. Um, I think that Superman does not work as a dark, brooding... Yeah,
2: no, not at all. ...Christopher Nolan
0: hero. Yeah. Um, And uh, so you've got this movie that, and let's be honest, the the reception of it was very meh.
1: Yeah. People were... The trailer was already not good. To come a day after a very incredible Star Wars trailer. Right.
0: but Just what I'm saying follow. is the Man of, Man of Steel was received very, eh, by, yeah. by people. Sure. And so you've got, you have this sequel to a film that people aren't clamoring for there to be a sequel to, right? With a premise that people aren't really clamoring to see on the screen, mm-hmm. told in a way uh, that Christopher Nolan, dark, gritty in a way, that people aren't really buying with Superman. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing feels like, from all the the reviews, all of the, the articles and stuff being written about it, it feels like this is really just a stepping stone so that they can make a another League movie. Film, right? Justice yeah. League. So you've got, <laughs> so it's a movie that's not being made for itself and it's not being made for anyone who, who saw Man of Steel because they don't They weren't asking for a sequel. Yeah. And
2: so I feel like why didn't they just go ahead and make the Justice League?
0: Well or well, I I guess what I'm saying is just that this trailer failed because it was a bad trailer, because it's a movie that no that that is kind of got nothing going for it already. Like, you know, it's going to be a hard sell already. And then for it to accidentally get dropped right in the middle of Star Wars celebration after we just saw Han Solo at age eighty,
1: you know, I mean, and you have one more thing that's subtle, okay? But it it definitely plays into this: is that um, Daredevil drops to massive acclaim the week before, and not only to massive acclaim, but it's like the only other thing Frank Miller's really known for, right? Right. Right. And so, and so, like you literally have every critic and most fanboys saying, "Finally, Frank Miller done right." Well, guess what? The only way you are going to do Frank Miller right is a series. Yeah, you are not going to pull uh, the the three hundred hours.
2: Is the the three hundred showed
1: us it can't be done, right? Right, like the three hundred was mindless enough that if a Frank Miller comic could be done in two hours, it would have been the three hundred. Yeah, and the three hundred was pretty and dumb, right? You know what I'm saying? So, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel the same way about Sin City. Yeah, I, I, I'm i a fan, as you know, of the Sin City comics. I like that No feel, and I don't think it is true. Like, I feel like they become ultra-violent shock shock treatments instead of, like, throwbacks to the style. Like right. what Front yeah, like, is I, trying I for.
2: actually really liked the Sin City movie a lot, but I could never watch it again. That's fair. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I was like, "This right. is gorgeous." Yeah, I'm done. They
1: go for it, right? Visually, people think, "Wow, Frank Miller's style is really neat to translate to to movies." Yeah, and it, but they don't capture the story, right? Uh, you know, I think it's unfortunate. I feel like Warner Brothers is really
0: just not understanding how to handle their properties here. Yeah, you know, um, with with Batman and Superman, and it's strange because, you know, I, I realize it's born out of this Christopher Nolan Batman Begins. You know trilogy Like this idea that Oh no if you make it dark and gritty and real You know that's better But the truth is What really works Is that they made it real Not that they made it dark and gritty They happen to also make it dark and gritty And that that can be okay for Batman Um, All they had to do was Ground Superman A Mm. little bit And make him real Like that's what Marvel was getting so right is that Marvel is going, okay, you know what? Captain America is still going to be ridiculous and throw his shield around. It's going to ricochet off everything. Uh, but we recognize that for this to feel real, he's got to wear real body armor and leather and stuff and right, not be yeah. in spandex. Yeah. You know, like, Marvel gets it. Like, they they ground it, but then they also don't forget that they need to capture the awe and wonder of being a comic book. Sure. Sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing that bothers me the most is... They lose the, the... It's a comic book.
1: Yeah. Like, well, You know, for so long, Frank Miller fought all these things. He never yeah. wanted his comics to be... He's kind of like a dude who did The Watchmen. I forget his name. Gosh, I hate myself for that. Alan, Ellis. Alan, Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Alan Moore. Like, you know, Frank Miller kind of fought it and fought it and fought it for a while. And then was like, Sigh. you know, I'm... I can't... Yeah. Like, it's um, my properties are too tied up in other things. You know, I can't keep fighting it. But he kind of understood this. Like, this isn't gonna... It's not going to translate You know It's just not So uh, Speaking of not translating This show I don't People don't I don't know that I do So we'll be
0: You're listening to Lights, Camera, Please. Nothing else to say I've been on
3: repeat since yesterday
1: We're totes back, and now Carrot Cake is with us.
2: Hi, Carrot Cake!
1: Because, Carrot Cake, you bring us the sweet reviews from far away. Carrot Cake comes to us from Sweden. Yeah. uh,
0: Where movies are released not necessarily on the same schedule they are released here in the States. For example, um, the new Avengers film is actually starting there Friday, (laughs) and we have to wait a whole other week for it.
2: He was telling me that... uh, Yesterday, he watched all of the Marvel movies. All 11. Yeah, like all 11 of them in preparation for getting to watch the new Avengers. And I called him a jerk face. (laughs)
0: Uh, And so, he is reviewing for us
1: this week, The Woman in Black 2. Okay. The Woman in Black 2. Good grief. Alright, Kara Kate, tell us all about it. The Woman... In black, too.
0: Because of being very tired during the movie, this might be a bit inaccurate. (laughs) The movie starts and is slow, trying to make do with jump scares, like showing me With my shirt off. Fair. That's fair enough. But with that said, it isn't completely useless. But being tired, I had a hard time being able to focus on the movie properly due to the slow pacing. (laughs) It does try to keep up the standard that the first movie set. I would say that it does not quite get there. The music does get a bit decent level of creepy, but nothing that stands out too much. Nothing like me with my shirt off.
1: Fair. That's fair. I'm always impressed by his Christopher (laughs) Walken-esque deliveries. Combined with his accent, his I'm from Sweden, but yet a little bit Mexican.
0: I think it's a cultural
1: thing that we just don't understand. (laughs) We don't get it. Obviously. We don't get it. What else do we have going on? We got this
0: is a two parter segment. We also got an email uh, on our Facebook page, via our Facebook page, uh, from a gentleman.
2: Adam Nice.
0: Named Adam Nice. Yeah. Who won a film festival, a short film festival at Lee University recently. He did, yeah, he totally won. And uh he did a short film called The Painter. Right. Or as I like to call it, The Lego Movie Two.
1: Yeah, and we watched it. Not really. It's All of Us.
0: us. Yes. Well really. it we is watched it is sort
2: of like a Lego movie, um, but not the it Lego. It was movie. made out of Lego. It's a Lego movie.
0: So right. once this, once this podcast is up, we're gonna put a link up so that you all can go check it out. It's on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he won Best of Show, right? Yeah, he won Best Short Film. Best Short Film. Uh, it is an animated film. It's stop motion. I think and, he also won Best Editing. And it is a. Uh, it's it's made with Lego figures.
1: Yeah, and it tells the story. Of a sign painter who's in a war with the, a pooping struggle. bird. Struggle. That's right, with a pooping bird.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hence, the struggle is hence real. The name, the painter, the painter. But you know, let's let's just go around the horn real quick, and just say what we thought of it. We we all watched it. It was the winner of the film festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so Slinky.
0: I thought it was fantastic. You know, I think one of the great things about sh- about short films. Um, is that they are always there's something about the short the short film me, as a as a medium as a genre okay that uh they either really suck or are really stellar
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah there's no mediocreness right and I think that has to do with the fact that you either understand how to tell a story that's meaningful in that short amount of time or not and this one uh he seems to really have a great grasp of how to how to tell a story very quickly mm-hmm. at a at a great pace yeah. and uh and it has it feels like let's be honest when you really think about it it's not a very heavy story but it feels heavy and important as you mm-hmm. watch it yeah um and so i was really impressed with it and you know te- the technical aspects of the film were, were great. The animation was was really great. It looks as good as the Lego movie did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. AMC Mike, what'd you
3: think?
2: <clears throat> um, I agree with Slinky uh, that that it uh, it was definitely it felt epic. Like it felt like this the struggle that this yeah. painter was going through was like yeah. a war. Like right. like he was he was not fighting for painting that sign. He was fighting for his country.
1: That's right.
0: Paintings everywhere. Right, and yeah. talking about it now, it almost sounds silly. Uh,
2: absolutely, it's like, it's, absolutely. This it sounds trying, silly.
0: He's trying to paint a sign, and a bird keeps pooping on his paint. Right, and,
2: right. But but on on the there, there's so much heart in it. Yeah. And I and I always find it interesting when, especially like a short, has there, there's no uh, there's no um, vocalization. There's no words. You know, like right. like it's all it's all just through. Mm-hmm. actions and there's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. much heart in this little uh this little yep. 5 minute whatever it was one thing i
1: liked w- when it ended you actually blurted out that was adorable
2: it was adorable and
1: so like i think like like for me i want to like i didn't realize we were going to be talking about this movie i know he sent the email and you had said something about it but it, it hadn't occurred to me until i sat down but i i was one of the judges for the film festival and so i'd seen this and i got to see it up against other short films and it won, you know, and it deserved to win. You know, there were other good entries, but this film deserved the awards that it got. And I, I feel like you did, like, you know, adorable matters. Yes. Right? If you don't think so, ask Pixar. Right. And so, like, like adorable matters. And being able to tell an adorable story. And he did, and it wrapped up. Like, the, the beginning through the end of the story, you felt invested. And then when it was over, you felt like there was a payoff.
2: Well, and, and, and that's
1: tough to do in two minutes.
2: Well, yeah, and, like, when it was over, all three of us were smiling.
1: Yeah, so, I, you know, I thought it was really well done. The quality, you know, and, and a shout-out, too, to the, to the soundtrack, right? It had an original score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the original score was really well done, and that I can recall in the judging. I don't think there was a score um, category. category, but there should have been. Because yeah. I think that had a lot to do, you know... And kudos to him as a director and a storyteller for, you know, coordinating with his, his uh, whoever did the soundtrack to say, like, you know, this, this is going to help us tell this story. Because right. they really did, like, like AMC Mike said, there's no words. So those two things tell the story. Yeah. The visual and the audio track.
0: And it almost great. had a, what was great was the, it was just piano music. So it almost had like a vaudeville mm-hmm. feel Yeah, I kept it, which,
2: expecting like a, a, a sign to flip up. And were, then our intrepid, you yeah,
1: know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So it was great. I, I didn't feel... The other thing, I guess the last thing I'd say is, I like that it didn't take us for granted. Like, let me walk you through why this short film isn't artsy. Yeah. Like, you know, so many of them do that. They're clever, but then they feel heavy-handed. Right. This actually felt like something I would go into a Disney movie, right? Or let's just pretend. I'm going to see the Lego movie. And they play a, a short film in front of it the way Pixar does with the Disney films. Yeah. I could see this on the big screen. Right. You know, it was that entertaining. And that's really rare. Yeah. That's really <laughs> rare. So, so folks, really uh, when
0: this link goes up, when you've heard us talk about it, uh, I really encourage you to, to
1: go check out. Go check out the painter by Adam Nice, because it was really great. It was. We'll be right back on lights, camera, Cleveland. Nobody
3: said it And we're back! Oh
0: thank goodness! I can't believe we're back! There was a moment there where I was listening to that music and I thought, we ain't ever coming back.
2: Ever.
1: I thought maybe we wouldn't
0: make it. And then here we are. But we did. We have re-emerged. <sighs> from the other side. We're like of the break.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it was maybe we weren't gone that long. Right. But it was
0: significant. We felt significant. It was significant! We were, not gone. we were not gone three days, but it was still important to all of humanity.
1: You know what else is important to all of humanity?
2: <laughs> wow. What? What? what?
1: Do you? Do what? you know?
0: What? what could it be?
2: It could be the preview review.
0: You Ooh. need to listen to your friend Billy Z. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Preview review is the part of the show. (laughs) The preview review is the part of the show where the three of us have scoured the interwebs and watched all of the previews for the movies that are coming out this weekend. We make no apologies. We have read all of the reviews. We have we have read the articles about it. We've become knowledgeable about it.
1: We know some things about some things. And
0: we are able to now tell you whether or not you should see these movies. Solely based on
1: the our previews.
2: expertise. We yeah,
1: have, well, we don't. Why would we waste our money to go see him to tell somebody not to go if we already know we shouldn't go? We have not seen these movies. That's right. But we are
0: professionals. The, yeah. Do yeah. not try this at home. Or do, a badge. Or do try it
1: at home. Start your own lame podcast. We need we need t shirts <laughs> to say professional. Yeah. yeah. I'd wear one.
2: I'm just saying.
1: First up, the age of
0: Adeline. This is about a young woman who's born at the turn of the 20th century, and uh, she gets in a car accident and becomes immortal. She stops aging. And so after years of living a solitary life, she meets a guy that she falls in love with and thinks, hey, maybe I could lose my immortality for this fella. Uh,
1: This one one starts... (laughs) What? what are the subtle undertones of this? This one stars maybe this this young man can take my immortality. <laughs> this one stars Blake Lively. That's
3: how it feels,
0: I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> this one stars Blake Lively, Harrison Ford, Kathy Baker, and some guy who is on uh, Game of Thrones right now and is apparently hot like Hansel.
2: <laughs> Nancy Mike, what do you think? If he's not like Hansel, I'm in. <laughs> Is he no. ridiculously good-looking? Ridiculously <laughs> good-looking? Good um, no, okay. First of all, I'd just like to say how much I adore the name of this movie. And I don't even right, know why. Right, right, right. No, because
1: it's good. It's, it, a good it's a good name. Because it, it's a good name.
2: It's like... it's it, it sounds like a romance novel that you wouldn't be embarrassed to be carrying around. <laughs>
1: that's good. That's actually a good... Like, that's a good description. Um,
2: And this, and this whole genre movie you know it yeah. just it, it feels like a romance but it doesn't feel tired
1: mhm yeah
2: it just it just looks sweet right and in i'm i'm going to grade it cuz i want to go see it
1: that's fair well, slinky what <laughs> well Uh, here's the thing about this. I thought the trailer was actually done really well, Mm -hmm. but this one falls into an interesting category for me, which is like, you know, earlier during the break, you were mentioning the astronaut's wife. Yeah. And so like, this is similar to that or Benjamin Button or any of those kind of, uh, like those kind of things like that, which I, by which I mean the. Immortality, either forward or back. Well, someone's aging, or someone's someone is out of sync. Right, they're not right. They're not doing what everybody else does, and they're not a vampire. Right, this is like happened to somebody through magic or science or whatever. And though I just I just don't like them. They don't ever do it for me. Like Benjamin Button was like widely acclaimed. I didn't like it. The astronaut's (laughs) wife, like a lot of people liked it. I just didn't like it. So when I watched this trailer, what I thought I was watching was. Look, this is like the best thing, like this is the best version of a thing I don't like. Like, you know, I can look at a salad and I can say, look, that's a fine looking salad. Right. But I don't like salad. So like, I could even say like, that looks like the greatest salad.
2: If you have to eat a salad. Yeah, that's the and one that would you would eat. If you're gonna have to eat a salad, so if this is you're like gonna your... eat The Age of Adeline.
1: right? Yeah. So that's if
2: you exactly have it. to go see a romantic movie with your yeah. wife,
1: I couldn't believe that this Sleepy. wasn't written by Nicholas Sparks. <laughs> like when I was watching it, I was like, I, you know, this. How did he not cash in on this? So, you know, I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a hate, but I want to say that based on this trailer, I think a lot of people are gonna love it. So I I give it a hate. What about you, Slade? I fall right in the middle of the two of you, um, as I, usual. Yeah, I. Uh, That's how we spoon.
0: You bro. know, it's true. What? It's a uh, it's a great it's a great trailer. First of all, yeah. Um, I and it feels like they've done a, a great job of capturing a little bit of this magic and and wonder without like it being ridiculous. Um, the the cast is stellar. Um, and so, so I'm just barely going to grade this one because this is also not the kind of movie that I really love. But you're not opposed but, like I am, right? Like, I, unlike you, sometimes I do eat salad, and if I'm gonna eat salad, it's gonna be *The Age of Adeline*. Fair, that's fair. <laughs> so that's I'm fair. just barely great. What's next? What's next? Next up is *Little Boy*. This one is about an 8-year-old boy who's willing to do whatever it takes to end World War II so he can bring his father home. It's also got, uh, it also has a subplot dealing with faith and perhaps uh, miracles, but we're not quite sure. Right. Um, This one stars uh, Jacob Salvati, he's a little unknown kid, he plays the boy, Uh, and also Emily Watson, David Henry, and Michael Rappaport.
1: Yeah. What do you think, Robbo? You know, man, I love this. I absolutely... Everything about this trailer hit me right in the feels. And I, I'll i tell you, we've watched a lot of trailers over the years. Yes. All of us. And there's this thing that I don't like. We talk about it on the show. Like, I don't like it when a trailer tries to make me cry. Like, if a movie's trying to make me feel emotional, I really get resistant. Right. But when a movie's really genuine... Yeah. Uh, it... it I can get emotional, and I'll, I'll tell you, with us, when we were all sitting watching the trailer together, mm-hmm. I, when it was over, I actually felt almost a little embarrassed because I almost started crying. Right during it, and and you should have been embarrassed because I almost felt like I was going to
0: make fun of you for it.
1: (laughs) Well, I, you know, that would have been fine.
2: (laughs) I was just like, the two of you just be quite. I I was just waiting,
0: waiting for the for the first tear to
1: roll down your cheek. Well, it almost happened, and here's the truth.
0: And I was going to reach out and touch it with my
1: index finger, and it was going to (laughs) go. Ding. Well, here's what I think. (laughs) Michael Rappaport is one of those actors where he just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He picks good movies to be in. And a lot of times that's that's a signifier enough. Like you can say, not only do I think this is a good actor or actress, but he or she makes great decisions yeah. on movies, right? Rappaport is one of those. Also, this film is stunning. The coloring in this film was incredible. And For those of you who haven't seen the trailer, it takes place all over the place. So there are like there are scenes in their little town and there are scenes inside a magician shop and there are scenes in at world war II where he's on the islands and like there's a lot of stuff going on and no matter where it went, they kept me feeling like I was in a consistent world and that's, that's really hard to do. It was edited really, really well. So just as a trailer, I thought it was great and the soundtrack was really good. And so I just felt like, like all those things coming together, um, I do like I like movies about faith and this didn't look cheesy this didn't look like brought to you by you know to the, the Baptist church around the corner or whatever right, right? Like, yeah. like but you could tell they're taking this faith piece pretty seriously there was no the there movie. was no
0: Kirk Cameron appearance right yeah
1: yeah so for me I give this thing like a massive great I'm definitely going to the movie theater to see this it looked really fantastic to me AMC Mike?
2: I need to start off my review of this with a little tale, of when I was in college before Slinky and I even started dating. That's
1: not possible.
2: No, oh, no, there was a time, and I had been asked out uh, by a gentleman caller.
1: It's definitely impossible.
2: I got asked I re- out.
1: I refuse to believe in life before you knowing Slinky.
2: Oh dear lord!
0: <laughs> um, and why would you not believe in happiness? <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not, I'm I not, love AMC Mike very much. No, uh,
2: <laughs> no, and um, he took me to an art house, and we went and saw a movie. And that movie was, it, it was, uh, Life is Beautiful. And it was the most upsetting, beautiful movie I've ever seen in my life. Yeah,
1: it's incredible.
2: And, yeah, it, absolutely, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. And I wish I had never seen it because I was a mess. I was a blubbering fool. And it, it I mean I can remember the, this poor guy actually turned around looked at me and went, "I'm not getting a second date, am I?" And I was like, "No, you're not." Because I was so upset.
1: I'm and- so glad you
0: saw this movie. Because what if he was the one? Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: what if, what, like you have Roberto Benigni to thank. You saved your Future marriage.
0: Wow. I am going to leap across the seat backs of the
1: theater in happiness.
2: <laughs> no, um, and 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 so I, I very much get the same feeling. From this trailer.
1: Yeah, it's like, gorgeous. It's
2: gorgeous. It's beautiful. Everything was just powerful. And Michael
1: Rappaport actually looks like your caring father.
2: Yeah, it's Everybody's just, there was, caring dad. It, right. it, there was
1: the a, dad you didn't actually have, but you thought you might have in your brain.
2: There, there was an honesty
1: in this good, trailer. That's a good way to it, say it.
2: Yeah, it, like, it like felt you just, it enough. felt genuine. It felt like that moment, you know, because we've all had moments in our life where something miraculous happens
0: it's happening right now on this podcast wow
2: (laughs) no but like in that moment of not even seeing what it is but just that feeling you get yeah yeah you know and and so i think that this movie is going to be amazing i think that if you can emotionally handle it you should go see it i'm giving i'm grading it everyone that is not a, a big sobbing girl like me should go see this
0: Fair enough. So, great, but you're not seeing it.
2: Great, but I am not seeing this movie. Kind of like
0: the other one where I said hate, but you all probably love it. Yes. Yeah. I got to be honest on this one. I am at the far other end of the spectrum. I'm going to hate this one. Um, Here's my problem with it. I'm good with this film right up until, like, two-thirds of the way through the trailer when the little boy says, I'm going to bring my brother home. And yeah. everyone's like, How are you going to do this? And and
1: he's he's like I like how Carrot Cake showed up to ask yeah. the question. Yeah, and he's Ian. like,
0: he's like, I'm gonna bring him home with my with my belief that he could come home because I can move mountains. And they're like, whatever, you can't move mountains. And he goes, Yes, I can. And then like he he appears to cause an earthquake. Right. And I for me, that was uh, that evoked the feeling that I had when I saw Tim Burton's Big Fish. Right. It mm. was. It was the moment when it evoked
1: that same feeling for me.
0: It was, except you liked Big but Fish, but I like Big Fish, right? Right. Yeah. I, thought see, big I fish. see. I funny. hate Big Fish, and it's because to me, it's like this series of like coincidences, or maybe magic, or maybe fate. Mm-hmm. Or right. just coincidence. Okay, yeah. And, and but like it feel it's piled on, and like it feels almost like baggage as opposed to feeling like wonder, and uh, and so for me like that moment in this trailer lost me, and I was like, okay, I'm done. Like I was interested when it was about a little boy who was fighting to get his dad home, and then as soon as it was, and I was okay with him being uh, with there being a faith subplot, you know, um, as a Christian, I liked the fact that it appeared they were treating that. Respectfully. Respectfully, yeah. Um, but then, like he, he, then he, you know, clenches his fists and causes an earthquake and moves a mountain. Like right when he says he's gonna move a mountain and no one believes him, and at that moment, I was like, "Enter Kirk Cameron.
2: I'm done." <laughs> okay. So. I hadn't yeah. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I I can see that point of view. Although it it very much see I didn't get the cheese of Kirk yeah. Cameron in that. Yeah, at I didn't. All. I didn't. Really I, like I, I really like I'm your uh,
1: over. I'm over comparing sure. it. Really, it's the, it's it's the like big fish. I like your big fish thing. Like it's a fable, right? And is a fable a series of coincidences or a higher power? Right. I, right. I
2: actually think uh, thinking about how you pointed that out, it actually reminded me a little bit of Pan's Labyrinth. Sure. Yes. Yeah. where where it's like you're not sure if he's actually doing it or if it's just her in her
1: mind because she's got to because she's got to be with able humanity. to deal. And so
2: is this little boy just believing all these things are happening because he's doing it because he can't or deal with the real, fact right, that his yeah. right. dad or not. So right, that's but
0: an interesting Guillermo is a, a very talented director mm. and, and he he pulls it off with, well, with yeah. Pan's Labyrinth. Um But like it, another movie I won't watch again, yeah. so I'm gonna hate mm. this one. Uh, last up, the Water Diviner. This is about an Australian man who travels to Turkey after the Battle of Gallipoli to attempt to locate his three sons who supposedly died in a battle there and bring their bodies back home. Uh, this is directed by Russell Crowe. It's the first movie that he has directed, and it stars Russell Crowe and uh, Jay Courtney, who was the guy that played John McClane's son in the last Die Hard movie. Jay, Jay Courtney I, is one of those actors. I have no idea how he continues to work. No, he's just
1: got a good agent. Everything he does is awful. Yeah, no, he's not good. He's not good. But he's in
0: everything. Yeah, he's not good. He's, he's about to be in the Suicide Squad movie. I mean, it's like ah, guys, really, uh, just terrible. Well, what do you give it, Slink? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I'm gonna hate this one. Uh, I I felt like this trailer. Um, I felt like this trailer told me way more than. It should have is my problem. I feel like I've seen this trailer. I don't need to see this movie now. Um, the, the big issue for me is, um, you know, it starts out where it's like this, you know, father have father son issue movie. And then it becomes a, uh, you know, him. It becomes a war movie for a little bit. And then it's him going to track the bodies down. But then he finds out that only two of his sons may have died there. And that the third son is probably a prisoner of war. And at that moment, I felt like that was... Like, that feel, feels like the third act's big reveal.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: and at this point, we know, like, the son is certainly going to be alive because that's how... That's the only way this sort of movie can right, go. Right, yeah. Um, and so, for me, like, my two issues with it were the first is it it told me too much. And now I feel like um, there's there's no reason for me to see it because I know what's, you know... He's going to find this, the third son alive and, and be able to make peace with everything. And the other thing I didn't like about it is it feels like, uh, you know, this is one of those movies where it's like a, uh, it's an independent film that somehow was made as a big budget film.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
0: kind of feel like, uh, you know, independent films are independent films for a reason. And yeah. when, you, when you take an independent film... And make it as a big budget film. They always somehow feel a little disingenuous, right? And yeah. that's
1: and that's how this was for me. So I mean, what about you, uh, AMC Mike.
2: Um, you know how I I just said uh, Little Boy felt really honest. Yeah. You know, and it evoked all these emotions in right. us. Yeah. And all that, but it didn't feel like they were. That was their goal. Right. Like yeah. that's why it felt genuine. Well, take everything but make it opposite. <laughs> right, for, right. For the water divider, like I felt like they put this trailer together to upset me personally. Like, right. like right. they were like, I, you know, AMC right. Mike is gonna want to cry because this, this man is going to find the bodies right. of his three right. sons. Right. Right.
1: Right. Yeah,
2: and you know, and his wife is crying, and everyone's upset, mm-hmm. and all that. And you know what? I don't want to be emotionally manipulated by a trailer.
1: Right.
2: Screw yeah. you, trailer. I grew you, Trailer. I you, Trailer. <laughs> I am hating you.
1: <laughs> well, I am also giving it a hate, so we're a, we're a triple hate tonight. A, man. Uh, but let me say this. It's clearly well made, right? Like, the soundtrack looked good, and it's shot huge. But my big problem with this film was something that Slinky already hit on but i'm going to take it a step further like you were talking about how it it revealed all of its pieces right what i didn't like about it was it appears that they fleshed out all of those pieces fully so i'm afraid i have to go watch four movies i'm afraid i have to watch a a guy that has trouble in his marriage but is connecting with his sons right you know and then i feel like i have to watch a, a movie about three teens who go away to war kind of like uh saving private ryan okay and then I feel like I have to go watch a movie about a man who travels the world to find the place where his kids died. <laughs> and then I feel like I have to watch a movie where John McClane goes to save it, his it son. It becomes not without right. my daughter at the end. You, right. you see what I'm saying? And, like, and the other thing is, like, what a, <laughs> I, I feel like the Water Diviner is a horrible name for a movie. Kind of like... Uh, How age, is a like, Water Diviner a special set of skills? Right, yeah, I'm the water diviner, I have it's, a special set of skills. It
0: is the
1: most pretentious
0: title I've seen in quite a while. Yeah, yeah. It,
1: it did the opposite of, of the one we were just saying was yeah. so good, right? Yeah. It, so my my main, that was kind of my main thing, is like, I, who wants to sit through that? And, and some things are good, and they're big, and they're sweeping epics, you know, you and I are split on the Lord of the Rings films, I think it's an incredible body of work. You really don't like it because it just doesn't do it for you. I find it to be boring. Um, you you feel but you know what you hate the most right is you always say well but they did that, but they did that but they like your hatred grew steady as it didn't evolve, <laughs> right? You were like but but this already happened orcs and swords already happened right right well it's kind of like for me it's like Lawrence of Arabia, I I saw Lawrence of Arabia once. And when I was younger, when I felt like I had to, because everybody said it was a masterpiece. Sure. But now, if you, like, invited me over to watch it, I'd be like, you know, i got something else to do. <laughs> you know, I'm not available tonight to watch Lawrence of Arabia, right? And that's got freaking Peter O'Toole in it. Right. Why would, like, like, like you know, this is just Russell Crowe, yeah. you know? And so, I, like, this feels like that. You guys are like, hey, man, you want to come over and watch The Water Diviner? And I'm like, no, dude, like, I'm totally good. I was going to watch another episode of Daredevil.
2: You see what I mean? (laughs) Then we're like, we're coming over to your house.
1: Right. So I give it a hate, and so this one is triple hated. Yeah. You know, um, I'm going to tell you guys something
0: interesting about this now. Uh, This is, uh, first of all, you guys all, we all said that it's shot beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The cinematographer is actually the guy who shot all the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit movies. (laughs) There you go.
1: (laughs) So, well, um, that's never been your problem with them. Yeah, look has not been your issue. But
0: the, the other one. thing is that it was nominated for five Australian Academy Awards and it won three of them, including Best Film. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's highly acclaimed. Well, we'll see. In
1: but Australia. In Australia.
0: But they're yeah. upside down. Yeah, we'll
1: see. We'll see about that, Australians. Who can- you can't trust people whose toilets flush the other. That's direction. true. And how many Australians even listen to our podcast?
2: I don't know how many.
1: I don't know, but my point being.
2: Well, no, I was I was kind of hoping she oh, was prompting. I was prompting so we could get some response back, maybe. Right.
1: Well, from all of our Australians. <laughs> yeah, Australians, <laughs> let us know. They're all like, "That's not a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> a podcast. It is a podcast." Well, that's it, man. That is it. That's it. We've reviewed. We've had news. Like, carrot cake showed up. There's been lots of great things. Tonight. There was pizza. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, this was a good, good time. But all I good times come to an end, especially here. So, until next time, I'm Rob, and I love movies.
2: I'm AMC Mike, and love I love movies.
1: I'm Hollywood Slinky, and I love Let's movies. Let's all love movies,
2: movies together. together. Still it
3: forgot what it needed, but somehow still survives. And all the walls we build, they must come down. Hey, you're my getting ball. Won't you come and maybe knock me down? Hey, you're my ball. Won't you come and maybe knock me down? Hey, you're my getting ball. Won't you come and knock me down? Come and knock me down. Come and knock me down tonight Lying in the bed at night Feeling like I'm somebody else My thoughts inside my head
1: All the thoughts and opinions on Lights, Camera, Cleveland are those of Rob Alderman, the Hollywood Slinky, AMC Mike, and no one else. when uh, a little bit of the, uh, the Swede.
2: Yeah, he sure. do get a little...
1: carrot sleep. cake. He, he gives a few stuff. opinions. Right. With his shirt He gives a couple of opinions. Right.
2: I mean, he was so sleepy this time, though. I, I'm pretty sure it, it was all dream opinions. because he needs to listen to his friend, Billy. <laughs>
0: <thing>. <laughs> I just like that no, it doesn't matter
1: how it's good the or weirdest
3: bad it is. Thing.
1: It's, it's the weirdest thing. I don't know. I... <laughs> It's unnerving It's actually It's, it's almost disturbing So yeah, well, Anyway I guess that's, the, yeah. that's that
3: that's
1: that Lights, camera, Cleveland.
3: Cool and knock me down Cool knock me down knock me down tonight Cool and knock me down Cool and knock me down Come and knock me down tonight. Come and knock me down, come and knock me down, come and knock me down tonight. Come and knock me down, come and knock me down, come and knock me down, knock me down tonight. Driving through the streets tonight, it's hard to got the windows down. I wish I could call you, I wish you were still around